0: Charisma Podcast Network family. We're so glad that you're with us today. We're praying the grace and peace of the Lord. We just minister to you today. We want to welcome you to our, uh, our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. I'm the senior pastor of This Rock International, Nathaniel Leon. I'm excited you're with us this week. We're going to be sharing the word of the Lord out of the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse number 21. And I believe that one of the uh, one of the greatest mandates for the people of God is to be those that bring liberty to our generation. We must be It must be said of us that we left our generation better than we found it. So I'm going to give you just a minute to join in, to share the broadcast, to like the broadcast. For those of you joining in on Charisma Podcast, be sure to go and just share this link. And uh, uh, if this video blesses you, uh, let somebody know you can share that link on any of the media outlets and we're believing for the grace of the Lord to expand the broadcast. I'm going to give you just a few minutes to come in. So good to see you. Adina Sanchez, blessings to you and your family. Uh, blessings Sister Mary Keys. Sister Cassandra, good to see you, woman of God. God bless you. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for joining the broadcast. We're in expectation of something mighty and something great that God is getting ready to do for our generation as never before so I'm doing the same I'm sharing that broadcast I'm praying the grace of the Lord so good to see you sister Nicole Villalobos sister Julie welcome uh, Melissa pray the, may, may the blessing of the Lord be upon you and your house blessing sister Nadine all the way from South Africa blessings to you and your husband and to your daughter may God's grace rest upon you and your family uh sister anna rosa god bless you so i'm gonna give you just a minute to come in and share the broadcast like the broadcast as we're getting ready to begin the word of the lord we believe there is power in the word and the more of god's word we receive the more authority we can walk in and so the miracle comes as a result of the word of god being manifest John chapter 1 says the word verse 14 says the word became flesh thank you sister Anna for sharing that broadcast China and George God bless you welcome to the broadcast sister Lupe uh, God bless you woman of God thank you for sharing may the grace of the Lord rest upon you sister Melissa again good to see you uh, John 1 verse 14 says and the word became flesh now that concept is one that we must uh, understand that God speaks a word according to John 663. The word I speak is spirit and life. So God speaks a word, but that word is spirit. And how do we get that word to become flesh? Some of you are listening, and uh, all of us are in some kind of battle, some type of war. John six sixty three says, Jesus said this, the flesh doesn't profit anything. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So the word Jesus speaks are spirit and they're life. The word the enemy speaks are spirit and death. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you would have life and have life abundantly. So the only way God, the giver of life, and the thief, the destroyer, are the same is they come the same way. The thief comes, but I have come. The thief comes through thoughts and words, ideas, concepts, through through uh, thoughts or um through unspoken words, words in the mind, words of pe- through people or thoughts through the spirit realm. But also, God comes through a thought because in the beginning was a word and the word was with God and the word was God. John 1, verse 1. We're not in today's study yet. We're just talking about the power of making a word a reality. I've got some of you listening and uh, I've got agreement on, on the line that we're in a battle. And your answer is in the spirit. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word is God. Look at verse two. That word is the same that was in the beginning with God. That's an imperative. That means before anything existed, God's word existed with God. And before there was a plant, an animal, before there was a bill, before there was a debt, before there was an issue, before there was ever a battle, the word you have was the same word from the beginning. Verse number three of that same uh, place, John 1 verse 3 says, all things were made by him. Who's him? The word. Everything you see was made by the word. And without him, the word was nothing made that was made. So you're in a battle, not with flesh and blood, though you're dealing with natural circumstances, natural bills are due, natural uh, issues with children, uh, issues among marriages, dealing with housing situations, dealing with needs, uh, uh, vehicle miracles are needed, vehicles of transportation, whatever it is you're needing. But here is a, here is the answer. The word you have was before everything existed. It made everything. John 1 verse 3 says, uh, without the word was nothing made that was made. Verse 4 says, in him was the life. And the life was the light of men and the light shined upon the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it. I'm now in John 1 verse 4 and 5. In him was the light and the light was the light of men and the light shined. on What is darkness? A lack of comprehension. Slide down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You're listening to me and I decree that word is about to become your reality. The promise that you're holding on for. We're talking about a freedom global pod- prophetic podcast, and we're talking today about the power of a word becoming a reality. That what was spoken becoming tangible. A word. Be- How does that happen? Through the corridor of your heart, through believing, through trusting in what is already done. Romans chapter four tells us. Uh, we're going to go there. Romans chapter four, right about verse nineteen. Romans chapter 4 verse 19 gives us an indication uh, that, and be not weak in faith, considered not his own, body. I actually want you to go back, go to 17 is where I want to be. Romans 4, 17, it says, As it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations. Now, we're going we're gonna to talk about freedom. We're going to talk about glorious liberty. But here's what the scripture says, that when the word becomes flesh we behold glory. The word glory is the word doxa. So God spoke something to you, sir. God decreed something to you, ma'am. It's still in the spirit. Now, in order for that spiritual word to become reality, you must flesh it from the corridors of your heart. It must be real inside, mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually before you ever see it physically. So internally... There's a war over the word. God told you you were going to be wealthy and you were going to fund nations and you lost your means of income. God told you you're going uh, to heal the nations and all of a sudden sickness and infirmity shows up in your family. God told you you're going to have a marriage ministry and suddenly your marriage is under attack. Every time a word comes, the enemy comes to try the word before he submits to the word. I'm going to repeat that to you again. Before the devil will submit to what God said, he tests what God said in your heart to see how we respond to what the Bible calls the contradiction. Now God wants to take what was spoken and bring it into reality. He wants to bring John 1 verse 14 again. We're going back to Romans four seventeen. John 1 verse 14 says, The word should become flesh, and we behold the glory of, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. So John 1 14 says, when the word becomes flesh, God's glory is seen. When the word becomes flesh, God's glory dwells with us. It doesn't just visit. I want to tell you when God manifests what he's about to manifest in your life, life it's not going to be a seasonal blessing it's not going to be a once in a while breakthrough. God bless you sister Eunice. So good to see you. It's not going to be blessed one weekend and distressed the next weekend. It's a perpetual harvest. It's a perpetual sustaining manifestation. So when the word becomes flesh, we it will live among us and we will see the glory of the of the Father full of grace and truth. Back to John, uh, back to Rom- Romans 417. So the Bible says that there was something written about Abraham and Abraham had an issue. There's something he could not do. He is more than uh, 80 years old and he can't give birth. He's beyond the years of bearing. Uh, he's, his body is past the time of giving birth to children. The Bible says the deadness of his body, nor the barrenness of his wife's womb. So they are both past the time naturally. She's gone through menopause. He's gone through the change of life. The factories are closed. No children are coming. They're past. He's past 80 plus years old. But the Bible says, here is what uh, Romans 4, 17, as it was written. When was this written? From the beginning. I'm talking to some of you. Your victory was planned from the beginning. Your miracle was set up from the beginning. God gave you a word and God promised you that you would be well. Your children would be saved. Your marriage would be fortified. God promised you that you would see victory in your generation. But you're facing the contradiction. He told you healing is coming. He told you breakthrough and all hell is breaking loose. But be encouraged when God spoke it to you, he spoke it from before the foundation of the world. So because he spoke it before anything existed, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord of all to the glory of God in your life. So what was written of Mo, of, of Abraham was written before the foundation of the world. And what was written, look at the language of, of, of Hebrews chapter four, verse 17. It says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Look how God is talking. Bless you, Sister Morgan. So good to see you. He's not telling you you will be a father. I can tell you you will be a, a woman of God. You will be a wife. You will be a son of God. You will see this. He's not saying it's going to happen. He's telling you it's already done. Verse 17, I have made you a father of of many nations you're already there Hebrews 4 verse 17 I've already done it it's past tense it's not going to happen it's been written he Hebrews 4 17 says I've made you a father of many nations for it is written uh, uh again I'm in uh, the book of Romans excuse me Romans 4 17 for as it is written I've made you a father of many nations before him who believed. Now, what did Abraham do that ca- that it was counted for righteousness? The Bible says he believed. Abraham believed and it was counted for righteousness. But here's the beauty. Even before he believed, he was. Repeat after me. Say, I already am. I want you to repeat that. Write that in the comment section. You already are. Blessing sister Yolanda. So good to see you. Whatever you are believing for, you already are even before you believed he already was now he didn't see it until he believed it there's something he didn't see until he believed but here's what it says before he believed he was God who quickens the dead it means raises God who raises dead things God who changes impossible things God who rewrites your story god who quickens the dead and here's what he does he calls the thing that be not as though it already was because it already is so the glory of your story the glory of the promise of god for you and for your children and for your generation you already are what god says you are you already have what god says you have it's already done in the spirit the thing you're believing to see is already this is called prophetic timing And when we begin to pray prophetically, Isaiah 46, we're going to turn there. We're going to read verse 9 and 10, Isaiah 46. This is how God sees things. Your future is God's past. Your tomorrow is God's yesterday. What you're hoping to receive in the spirit is already done. And what we want is God to come down to us. But God says, I'm not coming down to you. You've got to come up to me hebrews uh rome uh the book of revelation says i saw a door open and a voice said come up here and i will show you things to come that's that's revelation 4 verse 1 but let me read to you isaiah 46 9 it says remember the former things of old what are the former things what is the ancient things the former things is what is called the time before time. I'm not going to get too deep into this, but let me remind you before you were here, you were there. You did not come from your mother. You came through your mother. Jeremiah one verse five says, before you were in the womb of your mother, I knew you and you knew him. God knew you and you knew God before I formed you in the belly. I knew you. So before you were ever in the womb of your mother, God knew you and you knew God. Before you came out of the womb, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So before you ever stepped out of that womb, I already gave you destiny. You were foreknown and you were predestined. The book of uh, Ephesians chapter number two tells us, uh, the Bible says, actually we're gonna go back to Ephesians chapter one. And verse, we'll go back to verse 4. says, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption of children. You were chosen in God before there was ever a planet. I want you to think about that. That may, may make your mind go a little funny. You were chosen in God before the foundation of the world. Before God said, let there be, you were chosen. Before God ever formed a plant, an animal, a sun, a moon, a star, an ocean. Before God ever built anything, you were handpicked. You knew God and God knew you. One more verse, Romans eight twenty nine. Says who he foreknew or knew before, before when before time. This is the the, 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 the Greek word genuxo. For know means to know before. It is the word pro Before time, know intimately. Not know like a friend knows a buddy. Not know like a a a a, 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 a a a a brother knows a sister. It's know the way a husband knows a wife. The way Adam knew Eve and produced uh, Abel. This is the knowing that you've had with God. Bla- uh, praise the Lord. Blessings, Brother Jaime. So good to see you, Brother Campos. Welcome to the broadcast. So you were foreknown. He did foreknow you, and he predestined you. He gave you destiny beforehand. Go back to Isaiah 46, verse 10. It says that we must remember the former things. Remember who we are. Remember what what God has already done. forty six verse nine tells us, remember the former things, for I am God and there is none else. I am God, there is none like me. There is none like And this is how God works. Verse number ten, this is called prophetic timing and unveiling the glory. declaring the end from the beginning. And from the ancient times, underline the word ancient times. We're going to look at that in a minute. And from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. I'm going to read that again. He says, this is how God does. You start from the beginning to the end. I start from the beginning to the end. But God starts from the end to the beginning. God is at the end waiting for us to get there. He's already at the end of time waiting for us to manifest what's already been completed. And God wants us to understand that's what's called prophetic timing. So we must pray prophetically. Not asking God for what he's already done, but thanking him. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient time. What is the word ancient time? In Hebrew, it is the word kadem. East, before, before of time, aforetime. In front, the ancient The time before time. Now let me remind you. You didn't begin with your mother. You came through your mother. You were chosen in God before the foundation of the world. And all of the Bible is re. I say this consistently. You are not deemed. You are redeemed. You are not stored. You are restored. You do not new your mind. You renew your mind. You were not receiving the Holy Ghost. You are receiving the Holy Ghost. You are not stored, you are restored. You are not vived. you are revived. The whole Bible is re, getting back what you already had, but you forgot. I forgot. This is why when we take communion and when we eat the blood, eat eat the body and we drink his blood and we take his bread, he says, I bring you into remembrance. Remember who you are, remember what's already yours. You were in God before. You're a son or daughter of the king. You're a mighty man or woman of God. You've been picked and ordained by God. You've been set apart for a purpose. You were in God before there was ever an earth. You were with God and God knew you and you knew him. And we must remember from where we came. Are you hearing me? And in doing this, he declares the end from the beginning and from the ancient things, the things that are not done as though they're already done saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my will. That thing was been written before the foundation. That thing's done already, sir. That thing's completed already, ma'am. That belief that you're waiting to see done, God says, I already wrote it from before the found. But how do I access it? It's got to become reality. The word must become reality on the inside so it can manifest on the outside. I've got to see that thing and speak that thing and believe that thing. In order for it to happen, For the Bible says the issues of life flow from the condition of your heart. Good to see you. Welcome, Sister Teresa, to the broadcast. The issues of life flow from the inside. So we are dealing with a global power, a force. Romans 8 verse 21. We're going to tie this into this as we prepare to, uh, to shift in a minute. Romans says the creature itself or everything created must be delivered from the bondage of corruption. That means everything that has been created is under a curse. Everything seen and unseen, while, while the unbeliever, the non-covenant man, is in rulership or influence over that sphere, it is under a curse. As long as the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the, all the Hittites, all the other ites, are ruling the land of Canaan, the land is under vainglory. So God must raise up Joshua and mighty men and women of God to go into the land and take possession of the land and to remove the land from what's called vainglory. Vainglory is when something is existing and something is, is being used for purposes outside of God's divine will. When men and women are in authority, ruling outside of the nature and the will of God, whatever it is, whatever sphere it is, that that bondage is produced, or slavery is fueled by corruption. I'm going to say this again. So what must happen? That, that the creation, everything in creation, everything that exists, every sphere, every system of this world, whether it's political, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, media, whether it's education, whether it's church, every mountain, every place of influence is under bondage, slavery, and corruption when the wrong leaders are in position, because they cannot lead us to freedom if they don't know the freer. For who the son sets free is free indeed. Only Jesus can lead us there. Not Muhammad. Not Buddha. Not Democrat. Not Republican. Not red, not blue, not black, not white. No one can take us where we need to go except the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And his promise is not that we would go to heaven, but that his kingdom would come and his will would be done in the earth as it is in heaven. God wants the earth as heaven and it is our job to pray that. And so we must renew our mind. And realize the thing he said for us is not going to be just for us, but through us. So the house you need is about you giving houses away. The miracle you need in your family is about you giving that miracle to nations. The thing you're dealing with is common to man. There's nothing that's not overtaking you that is not common to man. But with every temptation is made with, with that temptation a way of escape. God is allowing us to go through things. And those things that we're going through, we're going to help other people. We're going to see deliverance and change and healing on a global level. If you're dealing with bondage in your family, God says you're going to free your family. And you'll free families around the world. If you're dealing with hell in your marriage, the Lord says you're going to see deliverance in your marriage, but you'll be used to deliver marriages around the world. If you're dealing with issues and financial uh, lack in your life, God says, I'm not only going to give you financial freedom and liberty. I'm going to anoint you to, to deliver poverty all around the world. What he does in you, he will do through you. He declares the end from the beginning of the things that are not done. We're back in Romans eight verse 21, because the creature itself or the creation itself and everything in creation everything that exists shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God everything created will be delivered from slavery that is that is held in in place by corrupt leadership now i'm going to remind you i've said it before I'll say it again. Corruption is not just perversion. It is not just compromise. It is not just spiritual or emotional. And it's not just a uh, 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 spiritual perversion or, or wickedness or a lack of character. It is, it is perverted power. It is leadership that is using its leadership or authority for self gain and not the good of the kingdom or the good of the people. The Bible wants us to know that God is looking for righteous leadership. Proverb tells us, When the righteous lead, the people rejoice. When wickedness prevails or wickedness is in authority, there's a groan and a curse on the ground. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a, sh- a shame and a reproach to any people. When righteousness is in authority, the land is blessed. When wickedness is an authority, the land is cursed. That's the Bible. And we must stand and call for righteousness in government, not just accept any old wicked spirit and believe we're somehow making God happy by just agreeing with devils. Moses did not agree with a wicked spirit. Moses at the right time stood up and told Pharaoh, let my people go. He was not rebellious. He was not not obeying Romans 13 submitting to the governing authorities. When God tells you to do something, you must obey God. The Bible says they told the disciples don't preach this name of Jesus anymore. Book of Acts. And they said, "Can we obey God or man?" They said, "Don't preach this message." And so, yes, you could say that the apostles were rebellious because they weren't submitting to the governing authorities. But let me tell you, when the Holy Ghost tells you to stand up and bring revolution, you must obey. When when Daniel put his finger in the face of the king and said, do you really want to know what the writing on the wall is? Daniel was a governor over five kings. And he counseled some and he canceled some. And he said to the king, this is the writing on the wall. You've been weighed. And you've been found wanting. And your soul is going to be required of you. You're out of here tonight. God's judgment came upon that king. Because according to Daniel 2.21. God raises kings. And God removes kings. By giving wisdom to the wise. He changes seasons. And he establishes seasons. And knowledge to those who know understanding. So we must learn how to pray. Effectively by the Holy Ghost. We must obey the spirit of God. And we must stand firm. For righteousness and withstand wickedness uh, 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 Elijah wasn't in sin when Elijah put his finger in the face of Ahab and said you need to repent Ahab if you don't repent from your Jezebelic ways if you don't stop worshiping Baal see, uh, 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 Jezebel had brought Baal uh, idol worship back into Isra- Israel and they had erected altars to Baal and torn down altars to Jehovah and now the, 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 the spirit of Jezebel had invited the prophets of Baal to the table of the Lord. And the Bible says this grieved the Lord so that God moved upon Elijah to put his finger in the face of the king and say, if you don't repent, I'm not going to send rain. I'm shutting off your supply. I'm cutting off your agricultural supply because you are in sin and in compromise. You've got to read the whole Bible, not just take one little verse and twist it and make us uh, uh, make us palatable and make us compliant. You don't. You never agree with tyranny. You never bow down to demonic influences. You ask me, Shadrach and Abednego. There was a decree that was made in the land that said when the flute blew. And when the music played, everyone falls on their face. This was a governmental decree. This was a, a jurisdictional authority. And the Bible says that they heard the, the, the music playing and they heard the, fl- the flutes and the harps and Daniel or, or Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego stayed on their feet. Everyone else around him, including all the other Jews, were worshiping this golden image, this golden statue. Where did that statue come from? It came out of the mind of the king that had had a vision interpreted by Daniel. Remember, Daniel interpreted the vision of a statue with bronze feet and different colors. Well, that's where this vision came from. He took an interpretation from God and he misinterpreted it, and now people are worshiping a statue. And the three Hebrew boys had to stand up and say, I'm not compromising. I don't bow to devils and demons. Daniel 6, a little bit earlier in the chap in the in the book. A writing is put into law where Daniel is knows the writing. Daniel 6, verse 10. They can put that up. Daniel 6, and when Daniel knew the writing was sealed into law. Daniel six ten, and when Daniel knew the writing was signed, what what writing was that? If you read the chapter, the 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 king loved Daniel, but there were people around Daniel that were witches and warlocks, magicians, Chaldeans, which were masons, and they hated Daniel. And these are the same people around governors and presidents right now. Demonic spirits, witches, warlocks, magicians, soothsayers, divinations, all these black magic they were around they hated daniel so they said here's what we're going to do we're going to trick uh we're going to get rid of daniel but daniel was a righteous man they had nothing they could find against daniel so they said here's the only way we're going to get him is if if it comes to his god the only way we can get daniel is if we can get him when it comes to his god so they went to the king and said king uh let's make a decree for 30 days No one can pray to anyone but you for 30 days. And the Bible says the king, uh, without knowing this, without knowing that it would affect Daniel, he signed it into law. And when Daniel knew the writing was signed, Daniel 6 verse 10, he went to his house and with his windows open, he opened his windows of his chamber toward Jerusalem and he knelt down three times a day and he prayed and gave thanks before God as he did before time. And he made a decision that I'm going to stand for righteousness. I'm going to stand against tyranny. And I said, Lord, uh, how come Daniel opened his windows? He could have prayed with his windows closed. You would have accepted it. And the Lord told me the earth needed a witness. When Daniel was willing to face lions, the earth had a witness against this decree. And this decree was changed because someone was willing to stand up in the kingdom. Are you hearing me? So God manifesting the glory of God in your life, that word becoming flesh, the thing God spoke to you is about bringing bondage and corruption out of leadership somewhere. If you're listening to me, you're a leader. You're meant to lead somewhere. You're meant to rule somewhere. You're meant to have victory somewhere. That's a part of your calling. Romans 8 verse 21 says that creation, everything in creation, shall be delivered shall be set free like Moses delivered them out of the bondage of Egyptian captivity through the power of God like Esther delivered the genocide that was coming to her people like Joseph delivered the great famine that was coming God rose up a man or a woman that would stand in the gap all of bondage shall be delivered bless you elder going so good to see you my friend welcome to the broadcast That says that creation shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the doxa. The glory that produces liberty. I'm going to say this to you again. America doesn't have no hope if the glory doesn't show up. South Africa has no hope if the glory doesn't show up. UK, London has no hope. Men do not have the answer. Nations are crumbling. Systems are decaying. You've watched it in 2020, and you will watch it in 2023 and beyond. Earthquakes, famines, earthquakes in diverse places, war, wars in diverse places, and rumors of wars. That means a spirit of war. A spirit of war comes upon, and fear comes upon a j- nation. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. You're going to continue to watch these things begin to happen. You're going to continue to watch famine, which is lack pestilence which is global outbreaks of disease it's in the bible don't be surprised about 2020 it's in the word a famine or a pestilence is a global outbreak or a national outbreak of disease and sickness but be not afraid the end is not yet there is an answer there is a solution there is a hope what is our only hope what is our only solution the world don't have it demons don't have it powers don't have it the glory of God coming upon the children of God And God manifesting sons. For all of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, the glory that produces freedom. And in traveling to South Africa, we find the same thing. Traveling to UK, we find the same thing. Traveling all around the world, we're finding the world is tired of slavery. They are tired of bondage. They are tired of corrupt leadership. But they don't have any answers. This. This people are just as corrupt as that person, and this uh, a politician is more corrupt than that one. And there's it doesn't seem to be any way out. Everyone's paid for. Everyone's moving in this darkness. What answers do we have? Except well, maybe God will save us from this and rescue us. Yes, God's getting ready to come for His church, but He's coming for a glorious church. Matthew chapter 16, 17, 18 says that upon this rock I would build my church, and the gates of hell would not prevail. And I would give to them the keys of the kingdom and whatever they bind on earth would be bound in heaven Ephesians said he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle a church on fire. Joel chapter 2 says an army will rise and the fire of God will be before them. Behind them a flame burns and nothing will be able to stop them. Ezekiel 37 says bone to bone, flesh to flesh, a dry dead bones, a dry dead valley of bones will rise up bone to bone and flesh to flesh and become a mighty army in the last day. That's the church that you're a part of. There is a calling to come higher and there is a mandate to go deep, and you are a part of that call that we would see creation delivered from bondage and corruption, bondage slavery that's in place because of corrupt leadership, corrupt prime ministers, corrupt presidents, corrupt governors, corrupt mayors, corrupt businessmen, corrupt, uh, corrupt education uh, leaders, corrupt media, corrupt uh, newscasters, corruption everywhere, corrupt medical field. There's good people everywhere, but there's wicked people everywhere. There's good people everywhere... But there's wicked people everywhere... In every sphere... It's everywhere... But I want to tell you... God's sons... Are going to release... And remove... Bondage... Slavery... Through the spirit of corruption... Bribery... They're taking bribes... The book of Revelation says... That the, that the kings of the earth... Are drunken with the wine... Of her fornication... That what this harlot does is this spirit of the harlot. She will bribe us or attempt to bribe us or she will threaten us. That the kings of the earth are drunken with the wine of her fornication. And and there are uh, powers and authorities that are under these influences. But God, God wants us to be free. God wants us to operate that the kings of the earth have been drunken with the wine of her fornication. What does that mean? That's just not perversion. It is perversion, but that is a seduction. That is a power. That is a force. Revelation 18, let me read this to you. We are dealing with a spirit, and this spirit is called the harlot of the book of Revelation. It's It's not a woman. It's a spirit of seduction. All right? Let me read 18, Revelation 18, verse 2. And he cried with a mighty voice, saying, Babylon, the greatest fallen, fallen. We're dealing with a spirit of Babylon. You know what Babylon is? Babylon is a spirit of slavery, but Babylon is different than Egypt because Babylon wants to rename everything. I'm gonna say this to you again. The way Egypt and and, and Babylon are this are the same is it, it is a slavery system. It is a works and wages system. It keeps us chasing money. When God says, my job is to give you money, it keeps us chasing our needs. When God says, if you seek the kingdom, every need will be added to you. Don't worry what you eat, what you drink. See, the requisite of a king is to provide for the wealth and the sustainment of their citizen. So this system, mammon, that is working with the Babylonian system is keeping us chasing our tail. So Babylon the Great, but Babylon is different than Egypt. Both are slavery systems rooted and grounded in deception, in lies. But Babylon, the word Babylon is from the word confusion where we get the word Babel, the Tower of Babel. But Babylon wants to rename things. It wants to rename what what marriage is. That marriage isn't between a man and a woman. It's between a man and a man. It wants to rename when life begins in the womb so it's okay to murder. It wants to rename our children. That they can be boys in a girl's body and girls in a boy. It wants to rename uh, what we know to be true and turn purity. There's even a spirit of seduction so strong that wants to say it's okay to be a pedophile. This spirit is so perverse and so wicked that people are born that way. It's, it's, it's not stopping. It's, ever, it's like the spirit of Sodom. That, it, that the, their, their mind became ever wicked and they dream. Whatever they dream, their imagination got more vile. It's a sign of a time of judgment on the earth, but glory in the kingdom of God. It's a sign of shaking in this system, but the kingdom of God is unshakable. And there will be harvest that comes. Are you hearing me? This is a Babylonian system. And you say, well, what can we do? Here is the word of the Lord. Babylon, the great will fall. It will fall. Babylon has fallen and become the habitation of devils. For behold, every foul spirit and cage and every unclean and hateful bird, the spirits and demonic forces and principalities are now descending on the spirit of Babylon. Look at verse three. For all nations, every nation has drunken, from the wine of the wrath of her fornication. That is the harlot that sits. So, uh, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth have waxed rich through the abundance of her, of her delicacies. So there is a, a spirit of seduction that sits on top of all seven of the mountains. Are you listening to me? And what she will do, first of all, she will try to bribe us and that's why the devil doesn't like people he can't bribe that that was the problem with with our previous president they couldn't bribe them whether you liked them or not whether you felt you believe the media whatever you couldn't buy him the devil don't like people that cannot be bribed or bullied so he will do they, the spirit will do one of two things it will bribe or it will threaten so the kings of the earth are drunken with this spirit and they are purchased but according to the word According to to the word of the Lord, arise a people in the earth that are not afraid. They are not fearful. They stand up and they they overcome this power. They overcome this force by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And this spirit of seduction, this spirit of corruption will be nullified, will be undone by the power of of, of the kingdom of God and the, the grace of the Lord. God said, I want to bring up men and women who will operate in authority. Who will operate in great wisdom and great power, who will move as sons and daughters, and this spirit is going to fall. I need you to say this in the name of Jesus. I am a son or daughter who is going to operate in the doxa, the glorious liberty of the sons and daughters of God. Let me ask you a question. Go to Matthew 16:17. Matthew 16:17. This is the church that the, that the devil is afraid of. Jesus answered and said, Blessed are you, Simon, uh, uh, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father, so Peter gets a revelation of Jesus. Then Jesus gives a revelation of Peter to himself. So worship is about gaining a revelation of God that unlocks the real you. God knows who he is. Jesus calling him the Christ was not for the benefit of Jesus. uh, Peter calling Jesus the Christ was so that God could change the name of Simon to Peter. So when Peter saw Jesus, clearly Jesus could give him a new name. Now he's a new individual. He's seen differently. Look at 18 now. And the Bible says, and upon this rock, he says that thou, verse number 18, I say unto you that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I'm just about done. The gates of hell shall not prevail. What are the gates of hell? The borders of the jurisdiction of the kingdom of darkness. Hell has gates, hell has borders, hell has limitations and parameters. But we are fighting against those gates. Psalms 100, verse 5 says that heaven has gates. Blessings to you, Brother Justin. Heaven has gates. Hell has gates. For the Lord is good and his mercy. Go back to verse 4. Verse 4 tells us that I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. And I will enter his courts with praise. So we just read that heaven has gates and hell has gates. These gates are pushing against one another. And the church has been fed a deception. Not that we are not going to be raptured, but that's not the next step. The next step is not leaving the earth. The next step is dominion in the earth. The next step is God giving the church the keys of the kingdom of heaven and the gates of hell not prevailing. The next church is a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. The next step, verse number 18. Blessing sister Teresa. Verse number 18 of Matthew. He said, I'm going to build this church and the gates of hell are going to run. How are they going to run? How are we going to make hell run? How are we going to drive out darkness from the White House, demons, witches, witchcraft, satanic ritual worship, child sacrifice that is laden in in the White House, that's laden in the governmental matter. How are we gonna drive out these demonic powers that are ruling in government, that are ruling in the education system, and these spirits of perversion that are chasing our children to change their identity, and we're just sitting around. How are we gonna drive out powers and rulers And the people that have the money that want to cleanse us, they are socialists and they are globalists. And they believe the weaker races should die, the elderly, the black and the brown. That's what they believe. They believe they want to wipe out a generation. It didn't change in Hitler, that spirit of, 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 of supremacy. It hadn't changed. And now they're looking to take out the elderly and now they're creating weapons of destruction through the air to kill and steal how, how do we do this what can we do they have the the television they have the the tanks they have the military influence they have the jurisdictional they we, we vote them out and they they turn out they turn things around on us anyway we get the majority and and they they just decide what they want how what can we do how do we do this look at verse number 19 your bible says that god would give to the church the keys of the kingdom I said that God would give to the church the keys of the kingdom. These keys unlock things. They unlock doors that have been hidden. They unlock mysteries. They unlock realms. They unlock realities that we've never seen before. And with these keys, whatever we bind on this earth, that means make illegal, shut down, turn off, send away. God does it from heaven. And with these keys, whatever we loose, unlock, allow, make legal, release on the earth, God releases from heaven. I want you to imagine a partnership between God and heaven that whatever we pray on earth, God does from heaven. The power to speak to oceans and they obey. The power to shut down systems and they obey. The power to put our finger in the face of parliament and presidents and prime ministers and say, You will obey the word of the Lord or there will be no electricity in your country until I say so, says the Lord of hosts. God wants to show who is God. Where are the true prophets? I'm not talking about people that just want to prophesy behind the four walls of a church to get in your pocketbook, to tell you your name, and to take advantage of the opportunity to come into your house and to, to to rape and abuse the children of God. Financially, emotionally, I'm talking about the real prophets of God. The men and women of God, the true sons and daughters that are standing with boldness to rise up and say, you can't have my generation. You cannot have my ge- You can't have my children. We're standing in the gap. We're fasting. We're praying. We're lifting our voice. And we will not stop until we see glory come into the earth. You are not the minority, sir. If you've got God on your side, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I know the giants are big. I know the giants are ugly. I know the giants have all the the forces of the world and all of the weapons of this world. And they have all of the influence of this world. But you've got a God who's greater in you than he that is in the world. You've got a heavenly father who causes nations to tremble at his very world. Words, mountains melt like wax at the presence of your God. And he lives on the inside, and he says, I want to show my glory in this last day. I want to shake everything that can be shaken. I'm in Roman, I'm in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, now 27. I'm gonna shake it. Ev- my voice is gonna shake everything that can be shaken. I'm not only gonna shake heaven, but I'm gonna shake heaven and earth. And everything that can be shaken produces a removing of the things that can be shaken, so the things which cannot be shaken would remain. God is about to shake everything that doesn't have good foundation. And I want to tell you, every government, every, every business, every education system, every media system, every arts, every medical practice, everything that's been created that is not rooted and grounded on the kingdom of God is about to collapse. I will say it again as a man of God under inspiration of the Holy Ghost. You've got to be sure you're built on firm foundation. God wants you to know everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Go back to verse 26. Says whose voice then shook the earth but I promise saying yet once more I'm going to shake heaven and earth. He's in the book of Haggai talking about a shaking coming. A global shaking. 27 says this shaking is going to do something. It signifies the removing of things that can be shaken. Everything that is not built on the rock is going to fall. Are you hearing me? Everything, every system, every government, every sphere, everything, so that only the things that cannot shake would remain. What is unshakable? I'm glad you asked. Verse 28, there's only one thing. Wherefore, we have a kingdom which cannot be shaken. You want to know what cannot be shaken? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of our God, the word of God, the promises of God, it cannot be moved. Because we have an unshakable kingdom, let us have grace that we serve God acceptably. That means there's an unacceptable way to serve God. If there's an acceptable way to serve God, there's an unacceptable way to serve God. And you want to know what that is? It tells you right there. Go back to that verse with reverence which means awe and godly fear I want to tell you you can love everybody but God says we must return to the fear of the Lord to a reverence and not treat common what God calls holy not treat ordinary what God says is, is righteous a reverence a fear of God the last days there's no more fear of God truth breakers covenant breakers Lovers of self, love more than lovers of God. Deception comes. Bible says, it, Paul writes to Timothy, all these things are going to begin to happen. But the Lord says, stay firm. Stay with me. I'm going to pray with you. I'm done. If you're listening to me, I want to tell you, there is a glorious liberty, a glory freedom that will come through the sons and daughters of God rising up. I want to tell you that's who you are that's what you're called to do that's what you're called to be you're listening to me i want to pray with you i want to encourage you that are watching you're not alone you're not by yourself god has chosen you for a time such as this the enemy's trying to destroy you he's tried to hold you he's tried to keep you bound keep your family in a place of lack keep the family broken and wounded but god says you've been picked If you're listening to me, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray right now according to your word that the hand of the Lord would go through these airwaves, that men would be well, that women would be whole, that you would strengthen them right where they are, that whatever they're facing, whatever they're dealing with, whatever they're going through, the hand of God would go through these airwaves, that whether they're listening to me live or listening to me, on the, on the replay. However they're listening, let this word penetrate their heart. Let it renew their mind. Let it strengthen them to know they are not by themselves. They are covered. They are protected. And they are your children. I ask you now, keep and direct them. Guide and protect them. Let them be settled now. Let them be redirected. God, let them walk in the fullness. I pray that you would bring as sons and daughters them into the glorious liberty that changes the world around them. I ask you for strength.